This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Mark and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First we will talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guests to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Hi, my name is Jane and I am an alcoholic. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There is no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with the obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having that first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up that first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since becoming sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety, one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise helpless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who is going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. 
Would you like to introduce yourself and give us a quick sketch of who you are, age, how long you've been sober and occupation? Sure. Um, my name is Jane and I am an alcoholic. I am in my early 50s. I um, have been sober now for just over 10 years. I, I, I don't have any, any family as such. I have no children. Uh, however, I'm very close with my immediate family, my parents and my siblings, and I, I work full time. Great. And would you like to tell us about your childhood? Yeah, my childhood was was pretty. It was it was a good childhood. Like I I, I didn't have really. I had two parents who, although you know, were fairly dysfunctional. There was nothing dramatic that happened in my childhood. I was uh, one of three. I was the baby of the family. Um, I had an older sister and an older brother, and by all accounts to the outside world, we, we looked pretty normal. However, there was a lot of underlying issues, uh, perhaps in the family home, that you know other people wouldn't necessarily have known. So my father was a deeply unhappy man in his marriage, and he made that quite clear. So he was fairly unfaithful to my mum. And that sort of, you know, that sort of anger, that un- underlying um, anger in the home was, was pretty obvious when we were younger, yeah. So when did you start drinking and how did it progress? So I had my first drink when I was 13 years old and I think it was a fairly, you know, normal sort of circumstance. A group of teenagers, we all got together, decided to find a an adult that would be prepared to buy us uh, our first bottle of alcohol and I had my first blackout at that time. So I remember like being with this group of, of friends, uh, I, I drank the majority of the alcohol apparently I blacked out, and when I came to, I was sitting in the middle of the Avon River. And how did you drink, like socially, or ever alone, or um, and did you ever think it was a problem? In the beginning, I drank socially. Like in the beginning, when I say socially, I drank to get drunk, but I drank in social environments. So I was, you know, with a lot of friends. We all, what well, I thought, we all drank the same. So we'd go to pubs and play darts and pool and listen to music and just do all of those what seemed like normal things. However, in hindsight, when I think back, I always drank differently. And what made you realise that you needed help? I didn't realise that for a good 30 to 35 years later. Uh, and because my drinking, I believed, was normal and I had no idea about blackouts, I had no idea that I was drinking differently from my friends it wasn't until, you know, a substantial amount of decades had gone by where I started to sort of drink alone and feel the compulsion to drink every night. So I, I didn't often wake up and drink, you know, I, unless it was a weekend. Sometimes I would do that. Uh, but mostly I'd just come home every night and drink, you know, one or two bottles of wine, usually two. And I would just pass out, wake up, go to work, do it again. Did you ever um, get to a point where you had like consequences like with the law or lost jobs or decline in health, mental health, physical health? I never got in trouble with the law. So I was extremely blessed for that because there were some times where I probably should have been in trouble with the law. I um, struggled towards the end with mental health. Like Suicide became an option for me. And in fact, on my last drunk, that was why... 
I came through the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous eventually. Um, but it certainly caused a lot of problems with friends and family. So they had started to have enough of my behaviour, the, the late-night phone calls, the, the text messages that were garbled and not making any sense, accusing them. I became paranoid. Um, I became very, very isolated. Can you describe your rock bottom? Yeah, my rock bottom was waking up after drinking all through the night and I looked around my room. I was by myself. It was still quite dark. I didn't really have any idea whether it was dark because it was like 5 p.m., 6 p.m. in the winter or whether it was dark because it was 6 a.m. in the morning. And there was alcohol bottles lying around me and I was also surrounded by a lot of pills that I'd found in my father's medicine cabinet. And that was, that's what got me back into the doors of AA. Yeah, so um, don't tell us about how you made your way to your first meeting. Sure. So my first meeting was on July 13th, 2012. That happened to be my mother's birthday. And that morning I had woken up just as a normal day. I had never heard of AA prior to this day. I'd woken up, I was going on my way to work and I saw a friend that I used to drink with quite heavily. So I stopped to say hey to her and to invite her to go to the pub. And she looked at me and she said, I am an alcoholic, I go to AA. And I literally thought that she'd crashed her car and had to go and sit with the insurance company. That is my truth. And then I, for whatever reason, I just turned around and said, I'll come. And I went to my first meeting. It was Friday the 13th of July. And I went to, thank God it's Friday, TGIF. How did you feel at the meeting? How did people make you feel? I felt like I had come home. To be fair, I I heard things that people were sharing that I identified with immediately. I wasn't 100% convinced that I was like them, but I did identify with them. And after my first meeting, a whole lot of um, AA women came towards me, which was really overwhelming. And they gave me phone numbers. Uh, A lovely lady gave me my first copy of the big book, and I returned the following week. Great. Can you describe how you've managed to stay sober um, and how the you've, how you've managed with the program, any difficulties or challenges? Yeah, it, t- it, it has taken a lot of pain, blood, sweat and tears to, uh, to be able to fully embrace this program. Uh, it took me a long time to surrender and accept or have any understanding or a concept of a higher power and what that meant for me. It took me a long time to find the right sponsor to be able to tell the truth to that sponsor and trust that 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 sponsor would keep my secrets safe. It took me a long time to make friends and to get into the hub of AA. Uh, After about eight years, I tried to go it alone. Um, And although I didn't drink, I went completely insane and I went back to being suicidal because I didn't have that fellowship. I didn't have the support of the, the, the woman or some of the men, that friends in, in AA. So um, by staying or coming back actually and then staying and giving service, um, you know, making sure that I go to social events within AA, go to conventions, go to assemblies, you know, do those things, that is what's helped me. How would you describe your life today? How it's changed? 
my life today is there's there's no comparison to what my life was. So today I can wake up and I can look at myself in the mirror. You know, I no longer have to I no longer have to hate the person staring back at me. I have no hangovers. You know, I wake up in my bed, I wake up with a clear head, I, I wake up with a sense of purpose and belonging and I can look people in the eye today. You know, I can I can do all of the things that I could never ever do while I was drinking and wearing a mask and hiding and um, I guess, you know, working on the steps has given me the freedom to do these things today. Mm. How have your relationships with friends and family changed and any goals for the future? Yeah, they've changed significantly. So, you know, for the majority of my years while I was drinking and before I came to AA, all of my problems were my mother's fault and my family's fault. And, you know, today the relationship I have with my mother and my stepfather and my siblings, I treasure it. Like I am super close with them. You know, I, I show up on their birthdays and I show up at Christmas time and, you know, and I have I have something to offer them today where before, you know, I, I was very unreliable. I would never show up. It didn't matter if it was your birthday. You would have been lucky if I turned up to your funeral. You know, I have a great relationship with my family and I know that it's because of AA that that, that has happened. Any goals for the future? I think just to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, I I don't I I try to do you know the AA motto of one day at a time. So um, I guess to keep doing what I'm doing, if I can be helpful to to do that, to try and become, you know, that that best version of me because I'm a work in progress. It's not perfect. Uh, there are some days where you wouldn't even know that I had a spiritual program and yet other days, you know, I, I, I travel well and when I travel well, other people tend to be travelling well around me uh, and the truth is they're probably already travelling well anyway. It's got nothing to do with me, so, yeah. A is described as a spiritual program, not a religious program. What does spirituality mean for you? I think spirituality means... F- Surrender and acceptance. Yeah, I I don't have a a definitive way of describing my higher power other than the fact that it is just something inside me, around me, you know, and in other people. So I don't have any religious affiliations as such. I don't go to church. However, uh, I kind of get the idea that, like, you know, if, if... if it sits well with me, no matter if it's a religious thing or a spiritual thing, then I'll grab onto that. You know, I'll try that. Um, yeah. Uh, in the program, how has sponsorship and service helped you in your recovery? It's been invaluable. So um, I have mostly had a sponsor from right from the get-go. Uh, but at the beginning, you know, the, the sponsor was just to be able to say I had a sponsor. You know, everybody had a sponsor. So I went and got a sponsor because that seemed to be the right thing. Mm. Today, uh, my sponsor is someone who I'm working with who helps me to make better decisions. And, you know, and, and the answers that I get from my sponsor always come from working the program. You know, that they, they don't come from a personal level. They don't come from, you know, some, well, maybe they do come from something she's read in the big book. Uh, I think it's important for me to have that that person outside of meetings, you know, outside of my friends, outside of, you know, my work colleagues, that one person that I can totally tell the truth to. 
And um, service for me is, is is actually a new development. So through the years I started giving service, I'd, I'd try to do as much as I possibly could and I would start off and then I'd leave, start off and I'd leave. Not leave AA, just leave that service role. So now I take on less. So I currently have a service position with my home group where I'm the intergroup rep and I have another service position of treasurer uh, for another group. And what that does is that really does ensure that I go to meetings, you know, at least those two times. I try to go more than that, but that's what it does for me. Mm. And for any listeners, would you suggest to someone who thinks they might have a drinking problem? That's a good question. Um, what I would, what I wished actually someone had said to me, because everybody knew I had a drinking problem, but like instead of uh, giving me the solution, they pretty much stopped talking to me. So um, I guess for me, what I would have wanted someone to say was, uh, there, there, there are, there is hope. There is options. I would. Definitely, like now today, suggest to someone that they try AA. Um, I know there's a whole whole lot of different places that people get clean and sober. And if they need a rehab or if they need a day program that deals with problem drinking, then that could be an option. But for me, like AA is something that is ongoing. Rehab finishes. AA doesn't finish. So I think that I would suggest, you know, if they could to go along to a meeting. Uh, If they found it was too hard to go to an in-person, maybe try a Zoom meeting first of all, just to sort of get an idea of what AA is about before they went to an in-person meeting. I would probably suggest that. What questions would you suggest someone ask themselves to establish for themselves whether they've got a problem or not? I think if it's asking themselves, is it interfering with their life? Is it interfering with their work? Is it interfering with their family? Are family members and close friends showing concern for for what you're drinking? Are you deeply concerned but, you know, don't want to be honest about it yourself? You know, are you you not remembering, uh, you know, your nights? Are you waking up somewhere and you have no idea where you've gotten there? You know, are you getting in trouble with the law? Are you? Is there legal issues that are happening? You know, I think all of those things would um, indicate that you could possibly have a problem with alcohol. Well, Jane, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. You're welcome. It was good to be here. Thank you for having me. For our listeners... If you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some information from about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from other from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer as we do at every AA meeting. 
God, God, grant grant me the serenity serenity to accept accept the things things I cannot change, change, courage to change the things things I can, and and the wisdom wisdom to know the the difference. difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.